cue that fancy intro music. It's time to unleash your star power and own your dreams without selling your soul. It's time for some creative freedom. I'm Lisa Robin Young, and I'm a creative entrepreneur just like you. I'm also a business coach, helping people across the creative spectrum make great money doing what they love. If you're done with being the world's best kept secret and ready to shine like the star you are, creative freedom is for you. Let's get started. We're here. It's season seven. Finally. It's been a long road to get here. (laughs) And I am so excited to be digging into the new content this season, all around helping you overcome the past over paradox and step more confidently into your great work. And we'll talk more about that as the season goes on to be that star in your market instead of a best kept secret. Did you catch the new music on the show opener, the new brand images? We started rolling this stuff out last week uh, at the Cashflow Creator Workshop that we held. And if you missed it, we missed you. We've got another workshop later this month on planning your marketing calendar. So be sure you're on our email list so that you can learn all about it. Last season, I talked about increasing your brand visibility by showing up, giving people a reason to pay attention, and by collaborating with colleagues. But that third point, collaborating with colleagues, deserves an episode all to itself. And I know I promised you that we'd kick off this season with some myth busting, but this was just too good to wait. So we'll hit that topic next week. Promise. Now, you may recall the conversation that I had with my mastermind leader, and I asked him pointedly, how do I become coffee worthy? I had come to a point in my life and my work where I was feeling... Well, all kinds of things, honestly, but at the core, I recognize now that it was a sense of loneliness and isolation that comes from building your business in a silo. When you're a fusion creative like me, it is really easy to just put your head down and do the work. You're pretty good at a lot of things, so you just muddle through doing it all yourself. Now, the upside is that, you know, things are going to get done because you're the one doing them. The downside is that you end up doing all the things, so you never learn to ask for help or rely on others. It also means that building your network can also suffer. And this is a problem that most chaotics or chaotic cusp types don't have, and a problem that few linears even worry about. The other types tend to recognize that they need or want support, and then they take action early in their careers to find, hire, or partner with people that can help them with the bits of their business that need supporting. So that's the boat I was finding myself in. I was recognizing that a lot of people know who I am, and some people may even consider themselves friends or colleagues, but I was mostly on my own, alone in the day-to-day of my work, with no real connection points for socializing or even having a sounding board that wasn't a pay-to-play experience. Contrast that to a colleague of mine who has no problem dropping me an email saying, hey, could you take a look at this and give me your thoughts? Or I was talking with my business bestie this weekend, and we're going to go do this thing together. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Cool. I, quite frankly, did not feel like I had any relationships where I felt comfortable enough or connected enough to have those kinds of moments where I could just send an email and ask for help or make a date to connect and socialize either inside or outside the realm of business. So when I asked my mastermind leader, how do I become coffee worthy? I was taking one of the most courageous actions that a fusion can take. I was opening myself up, sharing a tender spot, and asking for help with no expectation of a resolution, only a hope that something might come of it. Well, something did. And that's what I want to share with you today. 
While creating content and building your platform are both important aspects of building your business and growing your reach, as well as your impact, I'm not talking about that kind of brand visibility here. Building rapport and deepening those client and fan relationships are what lead to sales. So yes, by all means, keep that shiz up. But this episode is about building a community network and finding the right moments and opportunities to tap into those communities for business growth and visibility. And you'll hear people talk about leveraging your relationships or leveraging your community. And that word sets some people on edge. It sounds manipulative or like you're taking advantage of someone. And I get it. I feel this idea deeply. I don't want everyone I reach out to thinking that I'm only out to connect with them because I want something from them. If the only reason you're reaching out is because you want something, then it feels icky to the person being asked. And maybe it feels icky to you. But if you're genuine about wanting to make friends, meet new people, and see what kinds of synergies spring from those connections, then that's not the same thing. So let's get over the idea that the word leverage is some kind of derogatory term. According to my research, the word leverage dates back to the 1700s and describes the properties of a lever, by which I mean the way a lever could make it easier to move or lift a load. And today you see a lot of people using that word leverage as a synonym for the word influence or the word power, like a company can be leveraged to the hilt, meaning that it's carrying a lot of debt. But that debt was presumably taken on in an effort to do some heavy lifting, financially speaking. And they may have gotten in too deep or markets may have changed like they did back in 2020 when the pandemic that shall not be named did a number on a lot of businesses. A person can get leverage over someone, meaning they've got some kind of power or sway going on, like blackmail or whatever. So I get it. The word's been used and abused a lot in the last hundred years. So let's reclaim it for a moment, okay? Let's go back to that original idea, helping you move a heavy load. And for most creatives, one of the heaviest loads you can bear is marketing your business. That's a job that never stops. It's why actors go on press junkets to promote their films. And the entire late night genre exists, frankly. (laughs) Folks go on Jimmy Kimmel or The Tonight Show to be interviewed about their latest project, whatever that happens to be. It's marketing that's also relationship building. We get a glimpse at the artist in a different light. We get to know them a little better outside their role. But don't be fooled. The primary purpose of these kinds of shows is to leverage the relationships the hosts have with both the artist and their audience. The show does the heavy lifting by creating a controlled venue for fans to get to know the artist better. The show benefits because they get to bring on some famous people. The audience benefits because they get to have a deeper connection with their favorite celebrities. The hosts benefits because they develop a brand reputation for themselves and make good money hosting. And yes, advertisers also benefit from being associated with the goodwill that comes from sponsoring the show and being connected in some small way to both the host and the guests. It's this symbiotic relationship that we're going to examine more closely today because the better you get at this, the easier business can become for you. Honestly, if you've got lots of friends helping to carry the load, promote your projects, or share you with their audiences, it's a heck of a lot easier than trying to reach all those folks by yourself. And instead of waiting around with your fingers crossed, just hoping that today will be the day that Oprah calls, you need to be doing the work now. That whole dig your well before you're thirsty thing. And the thing about solopreneurship is that it's very much not a solo endeavor. That's a misnomer. You can't wear all the hats forever. 
Eventually, you got to have support to grow in profitable, sustainable ways. I mean, if this is just a hobby for you, that's one thing. You can solo until your face falls off if that's your jam. But if you're trying to elevate your company and your lifestyle to the point where you are recognized as the best in your field, where people seek you out for the gifts that you bring to the table, then you've got to have support. You'll eventually need people to join your team so that when resources are low or they just need to be allocated to the highest value activities, you've got a team to tackle the things for you. And highest value, by that I mean your IPA, your important personal activities and your income producing activities. The things that must be done and can only be done by you in order to derive the benefit. Fusion creatives start off thinking that because they can do it, they must be the one to do it because it's just faster to do it ourselves. Ooh, it's just faster if I do it myself because I'll have to slow down to create a system or a process for somebody else to follow and then I'll have to check up on them to make sure it's being done right. Ooh. Yeah, that's true at first. But if you don't get over yourself and get it done, slow down to speed up as they say, then you're going to stay stuck in first gear doing all the things. And it's not just about team support. When you begin to connect with other entrepreneurs in a similar industry or in a similar stage of business and in other stages of the business journey, you can see common difficulties in your stage of business, ask for help and learn from each other. It's really hard to problem solve when you work and live in a vacuum. That echo chamber of ideas swirling in your head can't solve all your problems. And a strong network helps you shorten your learning curve, eliminate mistakes before they happen and even spread the word about the amazing work that you're doing. When you've got a lot of friends around you to come alongside you and help lift you up, they can pick up the slack sometimes when you're like not feeling it and it's like not your day and you've got a friend that you can call and lean on and talk to about what's going on in your business and they get it. There's tremendous value in that. Even if they don't solve the problem right away, just knowing that there's somebody else that you can talk to who gets it can make a big difference. But then when they can help you, holy crap, like that shortens the time to market. That's one of the reasons why you see these big JV affiliate launches where you got like 75 different people all promoting the same thing. Yeah, they're getting paid, but they also know each other. And so they want to help spread the word about the things that their friends are doing. And this may seem like old hat now, but when you think of Tim Burton movies, you often think of two or three other people who go right along with them. Helena Bonham Carter, Danny Elfman, and Johnny Depp. Now, Burton has commented frequently about the quote-unquote instant chemistry that he had with each of these folks when they first met. He made a point then of continuing to build their relationships and work together on subsequent films. Burton eventually ended up in a committed relationship with Carter. And there are lots of directors who prefer one composer for the bulk of their films. That's how John Williams ended up doing so much work for Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. But to consistently team up with the same actors, movie after movie, is much less common. You don't see the same folks in every Michael Bay movie or every Steven Spielberg movie. But Depp's been in about eight movies, and Carter, I think,'s been in about the same. And Elfman has scored all but a few of Tim's films. Now, those folks all do other projects away from Burton. And the work they do apart impacts the credibility of the work that they do together. They don't own each other's businesses, right? They're not in joint partnerships with everything. Everything is not a partnership and a collaboration. They've got their own stuff. So when Depp won the Oscar for Sweeney Todd, that gave a boost to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, it stars an Academy Award-winning actor. We've got to go see that. And don't laugh. There are movie snobs who only go to films with award-winning actors in them. Depp was also nominated a few more times in subsequent years. And then when Carter was nominated for an Oscar and won the BAFTA for the King's Speech, that gave another boost and paved the way for the PR for Dark Shadows. Ooh, it stars an Academy Award winning actor and a BAFTA winning actress. Ooh, we got to go see that. But here's the real ticket. 
It also means executive producers are more likely to throw money, I mean, invest in the film. When you've got award-winning superstars attached to your projects, it gets money. It gets press. It gets sold. Even if it isn't great, which by all accounts, Dark Shadows was, was not a great film. I don't know. I never saw it. So why take a risk on an unknown filmmaker or film project when you've got a so-called sure thing over here with two award-winning actors that have legions of ticket-buying fans? And Danny Elfman's no slouch either, folks. Grammy winner, Oscar-nominated multiple times for his music. So this four-person team of Elfman, Burton, Depp, and Carter makes movies that sell and wins awards. That's smart business right there for executive producers who want to put money into films. Now, can you imagine being able to learn at the feet of those folks? If they were your friends in business? Growing your business is a whole lot easier with people on your side who have paved the way and maybe even have insight on the particular stage of business that you're in. But you'll notice, none of these folks is in it just for themselves. It's not, hey, let me be in your movie so I can win an Oscar. (laughs) That is not how it works. No, it's, hey, I think we've got some great things happening here and I'd like to continue working together and see what happens. And then everybody brings their gifts to the table and puts them to use. Nobody's asking Danny Elfman to direct. Nobody's asking Tim Burton to dress the set. Everybody stays in their lane and does the work that they're tapped to do. But the impact is that a rising tide lifts all boats. Each of them has projects that don't include the others. But when they come together, there's a big lift for all of them because they're leveraging the power of their relationships with each other to make the thing that they're working on together even better than it would be if only one of them was working on it as demonstrated by all of the projects that those people have been in without each other that didn't have the same kind of lift. Now, there's something empowering about having industry friends and colleagues to laugh, cry, commiserate together, to pull each other through when needed. And with a network like that, you can start making connections and recommending each other to the folks in your communities. That's how you end up with these people doing films together away from each other, like Depp and Carter doing stuff without Elfman without like that's how that works. So let's let's bring this out of Hollywood and turn it back to you. Making friends and winning over colleagues in your industry and around your industry. I highly encourage you to step beyond your industry silo and meet other folks too. When you do, it opens the doors to collaborations, joint venture partnerships, referral partners and other opportunities for visibility that may not have happened or may not have happened as quickly had you not reached out to start that relationship in the first place. So when I was a direct seller, I used to carry a chart with me to the parties that I hosted. And it looked like an upside down family tree. So on it, my name was at the top. And then the name of one of the very first people to ever host a party with me was right underneath that. They only ever hosted one party. (laughs) And then I never heard from them again. Which was weird, but you know, whatever. That chart, though, was something to behold because from her one party, I booked three more. And what followed on that chart was the lineage, so to speak, of all the parties, new consultants, leaders, and sales that wouldn't have happened had she not said yes. Thousands and thousands of dollars in sales, dozens of new business owners, many of whom became leaders, hundreds of parties and fun nights out for all kinds of people. Lives changed because one person who I never saw again said yes. And I try to remember that when I'm networking. Because as friendly as I am, it does not come easily to me. I have a real hard time going places I've never been before by myself for the first time. I just, it, yeah, it, there's just something about it that, that chokes me up. And a lot of meetings I have don't go much further than that initial conversation. 
but I don't have these connection calls for the sole purpose of getting something out of it. I don't go to an event just in the hopes that I'm going to get something out of it. Because you never know where one conversation can open the door to a whole new world of opportunities. And it only takes one. And I have a similar family tree from the work that I've done both in the online world and in the music world. So in the online world, meeting Mark Silver and working as the director of marketing for Heart of Business for a time led me to Paul Zelizer and his Awarepreneurs community. After knowing him for a few years, I was invited to speak on his podcast. And that led to two conversations with entrepreneurs that ended up pointing me to other folks. I've guest posted on several blogs over the years that led to new customers. I was also featured in Mike Michalowicz's second edition of Profit First. I helped edit the first one, and in the process, I told him how I was implementing the work that he was teaching before the book was even out in the world. And I became one of the first certified Profit First business coaches because I believed so much in the premise. So when it was time for the second edition to go to press, he asked for stories, and I reminded him of mine. And ultimately, he decided to put me in chapter four of the second book. And people still reach out to me and say, hey, I read about you in Mike's book. And some of those folks become clients. Some of them don't. Some become friends. Some of them don't. So as I look back on it, I'm laughing now (laughs) at how easy it is to forget that I'm already doing this work, right? That question to my mastermind leader about being coffee worthy was more about my fear and my disempowering thoughts in the moment than any reality of not really being connected to folks in this world, because clearly I'm telling you stories that show that I am. So good job, Lisa. Woo, we need to go. And so I'm reminding you as much as I'm reminding myself. This is a long game approach. This isn't necessarily going to yield big sales in six seconds. I mean, I'll stay open to that possibility, and you should too. There are plenty of folks that I've hired after a single conversation with them. Met a guy earlier this year and hired him to be one of our featured instructors inside the incubator, teaching organic lead generation strategies. And that's launching this month, so I'm pretty excited to share it with our clients inside the Creative Freedom Incubator. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you're curious. But that's the exception, not the general rule. It takes time to build and cultivate relationships. It starts with the spark, like Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter. But it takes time for that spark to kindle (laughs) into a blazing inferno of awesomeness. The first movie that Elfman and Burton did together was Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It was years ago. And they already had several films together under their belt before Johnny Depp came on the scene with Edward Scissorhands. And then Helena Bonham Carter didn't even arrive until Planet of the Apes about 10 years later. So we're talking more than 20 years of relationship building, filmmaking, and learning how to connect and work together. So this is not an overnight tactic. Remember what Taylor Swift's first manager said, if you want to sell a million records, you got to meet a million people. It's not that every single one of them is going to buy your album, but if half of them buy one, and some of them buy more than one, and you're raving fans buy everything that you ever make, then you're well on your way to that million. Same goes for you. You can't be everywhere. So you need to be selective and intentional about where you're showing up. I have a couple of online networking platforms that I enjoy, and a handful of Facebook communities that I'm in. And there are all kinds of online spaces, both paid and free, that you can look into. Platforms like Facebook, Reddit, Even Instagram or LinkedIn are filled with groups or communities or subsections of like-minded or industry-related groups that are brimming with information and help. For Reddit and LinkedIn, these groups are free and can be an incredible place to do content research for when you're creating content and connecting with new people. On Facebook, there are both free groups and private groups for paying customers of other programs, since you technically can't have a paid Facebook group, just so you're aware as I'm recording this. 
These groups can be useful for market research, sure, if you're asking good questions, and we've heard about that before, but you can also develop and search for people that you may want to form deeper connections with. You can pop into a group and say, hey, I'm kind of introverted, and I know building my network's important, but I really want these more meaningful conversations. And so if you're like me, I'd love to connect with you. Let's set up a time to talk. And then people show up and they talk, and some of them are going to be awesome, and some of them are going to be just okay. And that's all right. That's part of how this works. Remember, though, this is meant to be a supplement to and a way to enhance your relationship building and networking. It's not meant to be another log on the fire or a time suck for you. My goal is always to guide creative entrepreneurs like you to grow your businesses sustainably without the hustling all the time. So if at any point joining these groups and participating in them feels like just one more thing to do on the hamster wheel of hustle, then don't do it. I've been added to so many Facebook groups at this point that I barely ever go into most of them. And that's one reason why we're pulling our group off of Facebook this year. It's noisy, it's congested, it's stressful for some people. And that's not at all what I wanted my community to feel like. And just being on Facebook makes it feel that way for me sometimes, even when our group is pretty quiet. So be thinking about that. There's lots of places to look. And an alternative is to just search and connect in the groups that matter to you, but with the purpose of identifying one or two people each week or maybe a month, depending on your level of introversion, to connect with and then start creating real connections that can live on outside those groups and outside those platforms. I just met somebody in person for the first time after having been in their Facebook world for, gosh, I don't know, seven or eight years now, we finally connected in person this past week. And it was amazing. And I'm like, now I can talk to her when I'm not on Facebook. I can send her a text message. Like we can be friends and we can go get coffee because that's what we did. We went and got coffee. It was great. And I know that for some creative entrepreneurs, social media is just not a part of their strategy because it doesn't work for them. And that's okay. There are other online options, but there are also offline options, in-person events, retreats, networking or social events, um, your local chamber of commerce, cultural events, volunteer groups, like I friends of the library, like go volunteer with something that matters to you and meet people there. Meetup groups can offer interesting people to connect with. And those people can become lifelong colleagues and friends, even if you never do business together. And sometimes you will do business together or they'll refer someone to you. I just thought about this. My husband just started rewatching the TV show Lost. And I like to think about that. Like, while I wouldn't want to be put in a crisis level environment, like a plane crash on a remote island in order to make new friends, you can see that dynamic play out quite quickly on that show. Alliances and friendships start forming within minutes after everybody starts waking up from this crash. You can develop deep connections much more quickly when you're in close quarters with folks, even for a few days. But a networking group or a meetup, an in-person opportunity gives you the ability to build those relationships one-on-one -on -one more quickly. Every year I host my annual retreat in the fall for my past and current clients. And when people come to the first time, sometimes they're not always sure what to expect, which is fair because it's a little different every year. I mean, the core of the event's the same. We're lining up your 12-month plan for the next year, but how we get there is a little different each time. Uh, I like to include a field trip or some extracurricular activities, something to help people get out of their comfort zone and learn some new things about themselves as well as each other. And when that happens... When you collectively get out of your comfort zones with the people around you, it creates a different kind of bond. Most of the folks in that room go on to become friends in the offline world. And some of them even do business together. But that's not the point of the event, is it? No. The goal is to build your plan and have clarity about yourself and your business for the coming year. The side benefit 
is that you've got this group of people who've been lovingly witnessing you stepping into and claiming this plan for yourself, and they very much want to encourage you and celebrate your success along the way. They may even help spread the word about the work that you're doing in the world. So another side benefit is that you get to make new friends who really get you. And that's powerful stuff right there. And it's hard to replicate that kind of connection in a Facebook group. I have one person who comes back every single year. They're the first person to buy their ticket every single year because (laughs) they know for themselves it's one of the most important events for their business. And I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that that's how important that connection is for that individual. Which brings me to the other way that you can build community and help raise your brand visibility. And it might sound like I'm tooting my horn a bit, but here it is anyways. Hire a coach or any other paid professional. I say coach because I'm a coach. Your business coach isn't necessarily going to build your network for you, but a business coach can guide you to the best networking avenues for you and help you explore possibilities that are specific to you, your strengths, your creative type, and help you step out of that comfort zone. They can often introduce you to new people that are part of their network that you might not have met otherwise. As a creative entrepreneur, you need somebody who's familiar with your industry enough to be able to anticipate some of the questions that you have and also to point you in the right direction when you're building your network. It's also helpful for a coach to have a broader understanding of the world than just your industry so that they can help you connect the dots outside your knowledge silo as well. They call it cross-pollination. And according to an article in the Harvard Business Review on cross-pollination, it's kind of a mixed bag. Quote, when members of a team are cut from the same cloth, they're all marketing professionals, for instance, the average value of their innovations will be relatively high, while the variation around that average is low. That is, you don't see many failures, but you don't see many extraordinary breakthroughs either, end quote. This is why it's important to connect with folks both inside and outside your industry. You'll get best practices and high quality insider info from folks who are already doing what you're doing. But you'll get out of the box ideas and insights from people who aren't. Not every idea will be a winner, (laughs) but some of them can prove to be very successful. That's how the incubator came about. I was coaching and I had a friend that was a teacher who needed business support for their side hustle. And on a teacher's salary, they couldn't really pay me a whole lot. But I also couldn't afford to endlessly work on commission on an unproven side hustle. So the incubator gave us both a set of parameters and a pay scale that satisfied both our needs at the same time. Business coaches are also able to connect you with people that they've worked with in the past or can help guide you to the places that they're familiar with that would be a right fit for you. There are advantages to being connected to people who are connected to people. And while I believe you shouldn't always have to pay to play in order to make those connections, sometimes that investment is worth it. I was in a group and the leader of that group connected me with somebody who's putting together a TV show. And so we had a conversation and I never would have been able to reach that person otherwise. So in that respect, that unexpected return on my investment was more than worth it. Building and growing a business can be hard work. So a business coach not only helps guide you to the networking groups and places, but they can also be that first step to your network. They can help you craft emails and know what to say to a potential networking partner, just as easily as when you're heading into an important opportunity or a pitch meeting. Having that one person to count on that's unbiased, but also working on your behalf can be that sigh of relief that you need, especially for business sustainability. We've helped clients draft follow-up emails, outreach messages, even notes of thanks. You know, it's easy to put a lot of pressure on yourself to get the words just right. Having a coach in your corner can help take that pressure off and give you some peace of mind in the process because it'll give you another set of eyeballs to review what you've written or just help you create it in the first place. Regardless of the path you take to build your network, 
start reaching out, start connecting. And chances are good you already have and don't even realize it. (laughs) Kind of like me, right? Being coffee worthy isn't about being good enough or that arbitrary creating value that you hear people throw around like so much bad advice. It's about giving a darn about people, whether they can be immediately helpful to sell your stuff or not. So I encourage you to stop doing business in a vacuum and instead seek out opportunities to build a community of supporters around you that are interested in seeing you and your business grow. Not just a community of buyers, but a community of fans, supporters, encouragers, cheerleaders. They're everywhere. Some of them will be paid professionals and some won't. Some will be lifelong friends and some won't. Some will be strictly business and some won't. That's how relationships work. The important thing to remember is that relationships aren't one-sided and people don't always come to a relationship for the same thing. Be clear about what you want and need. Be clear on what you're willing to offer in return, whether that's cash money, referrals, a new business, or even just a friendly ear for when things get hard. We all need all kinds of relationships to help the rising tide lift our boats. And if you're curious about connecting with me or having my support as you grow your noble empire, reach out. There's a link on the website to contact me and share what's going on in your world. So that's the end of the first episode of the season. Huzzah! Next time, we'll do that myth busting that I promised. So be sure you're subscribed to get notified, hit the bell, kiss your mama, leave a review, whatever else is the hot thing to do right now so that you'll know about our upcoming episodes. And I sure hope we'll see you there. And until then, for more inspiration and education to help you unleash your star power and own your dreams without selling your soul, Come see what's shaking over at creativefreedomshow.com. You know you want to.